talking so fast you can run his podcast at point five. Results are conclusive, just know that he argues both sides. His GM is a shadow of his normal self. Doppelganger stealth. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 21 of the Shadow of the GM Podcast. Again, a massive hiatus in between it, I think, January is the last time I recorded an episode. I think that's the first time I've had about 7-8 months between episodes, but hey, that's the way it goes. Uh, mostly due to a series of things, work being busy, trying to concentrate on the games I'm actually running and playing in. Um, but I'm going to try and get some more episodes back out again, and it's going to be sporadic, but we'll see how it goes, and hopefully people out there still want to listen to them. Again, content's probably still going to be massively GURPS more than anything else, but today, actually not talking specifically about GURPS, but more talking about game systems I should like or in a way that I do like but when I play them or run them I actually don't like them it sounds really odd but hopefully it makes sense in the context of it and also a little bit about why I think that might be um, based on I guess some emotional intelligence around analyzing my own sort of personal preferences around things as well as how intellectually I look at things if that makes sense so without any further ado let's get into the main episode I guess to start, I'll put some context around the premise of this episode. So the other day I was reading um, another RPG system, as I do. I know I'm very grips obsessed and all the rest of it, but I still maintain I'm not one trick pony. I do read all the systems and the idea being that I still want to find other systems out there that might inspire me. Um, I do spend a lot of time reading generic systems, so ones designed for multi-genre use, basically. The idea being that I don't want to learn 500 million different, okay, maybe not 500, I don't want to find five or six different rule sets just to run games. I want to be able to have a game system that's flexible enough that I can just, when I want to run in a world or a campaign, stick to that same game system and play it. So the ones recently I've looked at, um, I started looking at the hero system, again, the champion's based off, and again, also looked this time at Cortex Prime, was the one I was looking at most recently. Now, what I sort of became aware with as I'm reading through Cortex Prime, and this is something I found when I read Fate, a while back was that as I read the rule book and look at the videos around how you play it and how you run it, I really, really like the idea of the systems. I really get into how they run, some of the concepts behind them, some of the things they're achieving, the sort of some of the core mechanisms are also pretty awesome. I kind of really like the way that they've kind of, you know, how the system's kind of fairly streamlined but also fairly flexible and you still get some flavor around things. What I'm also finding is that I'm left feeling a bit meh by the end of it. And this is especially true if I play or run those games, either solo or with other people, play by post, whatever, that what I got from the game reading the rulebook, I don't then seem to get when I'm actually engaging with it at a table. And this raised me to sort of think a bit more about why Why is that? Why is it that, you know, I might read Fate, for example, being the example before that, and I get all these really cool ideas from it, but then when I, when I play it, then it doesn't seem to be the same. I had a theory a while back that some of that was probably around... Um, I guess having the wrong kind of people, like maybe not playing with the right people, maybe not experiencing enough GMs or whatever to get out of there. But as I've kind of done it more and more, I'm beginning to get the sense that that's not actually the case. And what I'm discovering is that as a human being, I'm not as simple as I might think I am. Um, and we all know we're complex and like to maybe think we're very complex individuals, but I think we also make the mistake of failing to understand our own complexities around things. And I think what I'm starting to, to learn is a bit more that what I can intellectually 
enjoy from reading about an RPG doesn't mean that as a game system when I'm playing as a player is actually something that sparks my imagination. And I guess I'll expand a little bit about that as much as I can by talking around some of the mechanisms. I think, for example, that when I read them, I think, oh, that's quite cool and I can see how you could do this and you could do that. But then when I actually try and run them, they don't seem to kind of hit that same chord. So the best example I can think to kind of highlight one of these things is when I've been reading things and I'm thinking of Fate here and also in some ways Cortex Prime kind of specifically is the idea around that in order to speed up play and in my head I have this idea that I really want to speed up play and I want to make games run quicker and I want it to be a smoother system with less rolling etc going on and I think there's probably a slight fallacy in my brain logic thinking here uh, that we'll probably talk about in a bit but the main thing is around the idea that if someone say wants to do something and I use the example here of flipping a table over, for example, to protect against attacks by an enemy or give you some sort of advantage in a situation that games like Fate and in some degree Cortex Prime have it where you make a roll and you're effectively creating an aspect or creating some other object. And, you know, in Fate, it becomes an aspect that you can use in a scene. In Cortex Prime, it becomes something that has an effect die, say, for example, that might therefore, you know, hinder someone when they're trying to shoot you, etc. Now, I really love that. I read it. I really get into it. It really inspires all these ideas about cool stuff I could do as hinder, you know, aspects but all the rest of it I kind of really get how it's meant to work but when I come to play it or run it I end up feeling really massively unsatisfied by using it in a game and this is where I guess the intellectual side of my brain that kind of sees how that's really valuable and how it makes the gun works works different to how when I'm engaging with a game system how my I guess play style pleasure brain processing whatever doesn't match with that and to put it in its very simplest terms um, I don't like the level of abstraction behind it. So in all game systems, there's some level of abstraction. We are trying to run games where we're trying to achieve a play, a game, whether it's story, exploration, combat, whatever. We're trying to simulate something or at least recreate some sort of scene that's going on. And the game core mechanisms are there to basically adjudicate what that's going to be and give you that if you're choosing to do something, does that something cool, does it work, does it not work, etc. So we'll not go into too much detail about how those works, but what I want to talk about is, again, that level of abstraction. So there are games where I'm talking about some of those more narrative games where it is fairly abstract or even possibly extremely abstract when you look at it, whereas that you say you're going to do something and you create these kind of things, like these aspects or these like modifiers to the scenes, and they're very kind of, although the thing might have a specific name, mechanistically for the mechanics behind it works in the game mechanisms i should say it they all kind of work the same way if that makes sense so basically you roll some dice you get an effect die and that's dependent on how well you rolled or it's an aspect that might be affected by how, how well you rolled or it's just there to step up or step down or roll or whatever okay now the problem is when i play it i that really affects my ability to engage and visualize the world i'm not that I can't visualize things, I can see it in my head what it's meant to look like. But to me, if you flip over a table to hide behind and you've been shot at, it makes a massive difference in my mind as to whether that is a wooden table, very flimsy wooden IKEA prefab table that's gonna not hardly stop anything, or whether it's a massive steel reinforced to some sort of armor-plated table, not really like they have armor-plated tables, unless your children are particularly bad at destroying your tables like mine are, then to me it makes a difference and it becomes important in my mind to A, know that there's a difference between these tables, for example, and also B, that the weapons shooting at me are different kinds of weapons with different kinds of ammunition, they do different kinds of damage, and that that table is going to make a difference to how that bullet gets through, and in fact the bullet and the weapon is going to make a difference to how well it gets through. Now, I understand that this therefore slows games down, potentially, adds more rules, because if you want to have that level of detail in the game, the game is going to run slower. Now, 
this, I guess, is moving on to the second aspect of it, which is that I can say, I don't like that level of abstraction because I would like to, to me, it has to make sense. If that's too abstract and it almost doesn't matter whether they're shooting you with a 38 revolver or a 50 caliber machine gun mounted on a tripod, it's still the same role and it's based on some sort of abstract skill, abstract weapon ability. I don't like it, I guess, to be honest. It's not that it's a bad mechanism. It isn't. It works what it wants to do. But I find it breaks, to, to mention something Shane Webster, it breaks my immersion. It becomes very, very clear to me then that this is a game for the sake of being a game to get the scene moving. Does that make some kind of sense for people? It doesn't really help me feel like I am in that world and the world has consistent physics and rules that I am following. Okay, not talking about whether it's realistic, quote unquote, so much, you know, it doesn't matter to me whether this 50 caliber round would penetrate that particular material. It only matters to me that it makes a difference that the materials are different to how much damage bullets, whatever, are going to get through it and that that is consistent and it's based on some sort of underlying theory of physics. So hopefully that makes sense. But we'll get on to the second thing I was mentioning now, which is about, um, I guess why that's kind of important to me a little bit more. Which is well I stopped things. I think I've started to lose the thread of what I was saying anyway. The second point I was kind of want to make is that I think I misunderstand my own expectations as well at times. I think I fall into the trap that when I engage in other communities and in things like Twitter and stuff, there's a real kind of movement at the moment, um, certainly in the groups I'm around, to move towards simpler game systems, ones where there's less rules, there's this real kind of, I want to say a fallacy in a way, that a game where you roll dice less often is better now, and that also there's less rules, is there for better rules over rulings, etc. Now, that's not true. I think most of us will know that's probably not true, that it is just very much a personal preference. Uh, I don't believe you should roll for like opening doors, walking down the street to get pizza, etc. Not that level of ridiculousness. But I, as a player and a GM, I like rolling dice. Okay, I'm just gonna be honest about it. I actually really enjoy rolling for perception checks, rolling for search checks, rolling for most things, rolling to see if my character knows a piece of information, etc. I don't mind if I say I want to do something and the GM says, and I don't mind as a GM doing it, where I say, okay, you just see stuff. But I actually really like rolling the dice. And this applies both ways. So, for example, one of the I wouldn't say criticism, one of the reasons why I don't gauge very well with Cypher system is when I run it as a GM, I don't roll dice. And originally when I read that, I thought, hey, that's fantastic. It's amazing. Less work for me. When I played it, I really missed rolling the dice. I really miss the gaming aspect from my side because when I play it, I want to be playing in the game as well. I want to be doing the same, not exactly the same stuff as the players, but I want to be engaging at the same level as the players. So I really like when my big bads are shooting at the players that I get to roll to shoot them like they get to roll to shoot at me okay simplest way I can put it I really enjoy doing that a game where that's taken away from me makes me feel a bit meh because they're getting all the fun not all the fun I mean there's other aspects to it but they get the fun in the combat of rolling the dice and I don't get to there's no risk reward to me if you know what I mean so you know if I have some mook shooting them in a barroom brawl that mook's probably going to go down so I made them deliberately pathetic and rubbish at shooting but I get the fun of rolling the dice and seeing if I hit in the same way they get the same fun of shooting at me. Whereas in games like, say, Cypher, where they roll and they roll against the defense as well, they're the ones that determine everything. And yeah, I get no, I get that that's a player-facing game and that's the kind of idea that the players have the, the more important roles, should we say, in that. And I don't also have an issue with that, to be fair. Again, that's a big thing that's put out there. But 
I want to have fun playing it too, okay? So as a GM, I want to be able to enjoy it as well. And if I, by making that mechanism to make it more player-centric, make it less fun for me, then I lose motivation. This is what I found in the Fate games a little bit, although I guess that's good off topic, but in the Cypher game, I found it too, that I lose motivation the GM because I'm not having as much fun as I would do in another system where I get to roll the dice as well. Again, simplest way I can put it. So therefore, I enjoy a game where I get to roll the dice as well and have fun with the players as well by rolling the dice. Possibly sounds a bit petty, I don't really kind of care because I'm just being honest here, it's honest, my honest emotional feelings that if that game takes that ability away from me, I don't enjoy it as much. And I think, unfortunately, I kind of listen too much to the, the media out there or the people who say, oh, it's really good because it's pay, pay a player focused. Because I'd like to believe my games are still fairly player focused. A lot of the adventures we run, and we'll talk about this when I catch up with the episodes I was meant to be recording about how I design adventures, they are very player led. The players really choose the direction those adventures go. And I don't pre-write these massively complicated plots so much where I tell them what's going to happen. They very much lead where it goes and which things are going to investigate. And I kind of build it around where they want to go. So my games, I would like to say, are still very player centric. They have very much massive control over where it goes i don't railroad them as far as i know etc it is very much kind of them that are doing it if that makes sense so therefore it hopefully still works okay the idea that i need the game to be designed around that again i feel it's a bit of a fallacy from my perspective because to me it's not about whether the rolling the dice means the players are the only ones controlling it because i still feel that the aspects of player control you're understating it basically by saying that the reason why the players don't control it is because they're they're I'm rolling dice at the end of the day we're both rolling dice but they control where the narrative goes using the word narrative here even though I probably pay less narratively um, because they choose where the story is going to advance to they get to pick what they do with the information they get to pick where they go with the choices I don't choose for them they choose themselves based on what's presented in the world they're in so there's that one there so yeah so I guess that's the main thing and so like I said from my mindset I think the thing is that I I get made to believe by what's being said out there and I, and I fall into this trap that because a lot of other people out there are saying you know well this level of abstraction is really good that letting the players roll the dice is really good this makes really good games that i fall into the trap of thinking that when i read these mechanisms that these things are really good and they're really cool now i'm not saying they're not i do read them and i still think that's actually really novel but what i think i need to realize from my perspective as a gm and a player is that i don't like that level of abstraction that level of you know other players doing all the rolling and me not doing it it doesn't suit my style and so i think this was kind of coming to the crux of what i was saying on twitter which is that intellectually i can read a role-playing game system and say this is a really cool system it's really awesome you should all go and play it you should all go and try it out even though if i play it i think i don't like it <laughs> okay seems really odd but that again is the only way i can put it so it's really counterintuitive probably to say i think this is amazing would you play it no would i act you know but that is actually how it works i think I can intellectually accept that a game is good, but then not like it. And I'll give some examples that aren't narrative games, for example, around some of that too. So I guess the best way to bring into this section is to talk a little bit about the hero system. So the hero system is another generic universal sort of role-playing system that's out there. It's kind of very contemporaneous around the same time GURPS was being developed. And in some ways, I see it as the main alternative I kind of have to GURPS to get the sort of game system I want. So a hero system, again, it's a 3D6 based system, which works really well for me at the moment. I'm really enjoying kind of how that works. Although I do have issues with that sometimes around not playing with nice funky dice, but, you know, I kind of get over it when the distribution works really well around skills and abilities, etc. Um, now, there's a bit of a contention. I do get this on Twitter, but there's a couple of people who I follow on Twitter who are big fans of hero stroke champions. And every time I mention GURPS, they always tell me how GURPS is rubbish and they want, they'd rather play hero. <laughs> um, not getting to why you shouldn't slag up other people's game systems on that one. But, you know, I, I do get why they don't like them because the way that GURPS and hero work, again, is very very similar if you kind of break it down into the components they're very similar in the way they work around you build up powers abilities etc but they kind of work the opposite way 
way. But again, hero system, although there's a lot of rules, there's a lot of kind of similar stuff. Again, there's a level of abstraction there. I don't like it. I don't like the fact there's just a generic attack ability that, you know, so you're just good at attacking and good at defending. Whereas GURPS breaks its entire abilities with different weapons. And I really like that. Adds more rules to it, but that's the way it goes. I also kind of don't like the way that hero builds powers up where basically you, um, you essentially build up an attack and ability and then just give it a name. Whereas I like the idea that the way GURPS kind of works is almost like you have an idea what you want and then you find the tools to build it together. They are kind of in a way very similar, but I just find the way that GURPS works makes more sense in my head. But again, this is the thing where I can look at Hero System and again, I would recommend it to people and I have done, you know, I, just because I don't particularly like the way it works doesn't mean that I think it's a bad system, but it works very, very similar to GURPS. It's not a narrative system. It's very much more simulationist, I would say anyway. Um, arguments about whether it works better for superheroes, I'll leave that for people to discuss themselves but the fact is that i do get why it's a good system i do like it but again just by that slight level of how they do things doesn't work as well for me as gurps and you know i just kind of don't enjoy the system as much for those reasons um so again it's really minor things it's not a bad thing if gurps didn't exist i'd probably quite enjoy playing hero system it's not like i'd hate it but i just find that gurps to my mind does things a bit better um and so that's kind of where i stand with that one so that's the thing it's why you know i do prefer some of the game systems so again if you want to look at non-generic systems for example i do i think when i look at it i really liked third edition dungeon dragons i always get a bit of thinking about this i've got a love hate, love hate relationship with it because some of the players are right there who play those things but basically i did quite enjoy third edition and i enjoy second edition and i quite enjoy the skill systems in those ones uh, which i know some people hate because they like the idea of just doing ability checks and making stuff up but again, as I said, as a player, I love rolling dice. I love the idea that, you know, did I find a secret compartment because I actually said to the GM the right thing about where I was going to search for it? Or I do really like the fact that I get to roll a dice and sometimes it goes right and sometimes it goes wrong. I think part of me does like rolling the dice. I like to roll the dice and, you know, sometimes I get a 20, sometimes I'll get a 1, sometimes I'll just miss it. You know, all that kind of stuff. I do kind of enjoy it. To me, that is part of the game. That's part of the game that I enjoy. So therefore, if you develop a game or you take that away from me or take it away from the GM or something to do, then I don't like it as much. So I guess that's what I'm saying. Anyway, I can feel this episode's going to start rambling if I don't get on about it, sort of wrap it up about now. So I guess that's kind of the main points for me. And, you know, I guess I'll summarise it in a bit, but hopefully that's making some kind of sense to you all. I guess that's it for this episode, really. I mean, in summary, what it all kind of comes down to in a very short sort of, as I said to them, too long, don't read version is that I can intellectually grasp how a game is good and why I make a good game without personally enjoying it. And I think that's something we all need to kind of look at. There's games out there where we tend to bad mouth because we didn't have good experiences playing it. But I think we need to understand why other people might and why as certain mechanisms might be really cool. And therefore, when people talk about games, you know, pass that information on and kind of suggest games you wouldn't play personally because you do know they might be a good fit for those players and I could do a whole episode and I might do about why we should be good to other people who play different systems and not fall into this trap of your system is rubbish and mine's the best that we do fall into tongue-in-cheek I don't mind it's quite it's there isn't it it's kind of like this you know idiom that we've got going it's quite a good banter between us to give each other a hard time but really i think we do just stop a bit of toxicity out there between systems which i do not like i'm not even going to the whole osr thing even with new systems that are out there people aren't very nice about the games they're playing and i do not like people who come in and say oh why'd you play that that game's rubbish why you shouldn't why do you even recommend this game people recommend things honestly because they've enjoyed them and they will talk about why they enjoy them don't therefore say why you're recommending it to me i hate that game because that is your personal privilege you can say oh thanks for suggesting that game i've tried it before but i didn't really like it 
See? Nice. Simple. Honest. I tried it. I didn't like it. Not, why are you such an evil human being for suggesting a game that's awful? Nah, weird. Kind of things I have. Conversations I have with my children who are like, you know, 8 and 12. Makes sense. Why should we be having these conversations with adults? I don't know. Anyway, I'll stop ranting about that one now before I get on. Like I said, could do a whole episode ranting about that one. Anyway, so hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Hopefully it's some sort of food for thought. Hopefully some of you out there will agree, disagree. As always, you can message me in, leave me a voice message, and I will be checking them now and kind of back on Anchor a bit more. Or you can email me at gmshadow at hotmail.com. I am kicking around on Twitter at gmshadow, although I'm tempted sometimes to come off there because it's a bit of a weird social environment on there. Uh, also around on Facebook, uh, on Discord and various servers, including Roleplay Rescue, um, GURP server I'm always kicking around on, and on the Gaming Ballistic one on there as well. So if you find me, hit me up. I'm almost always GM Shadow anywhere, and if it's GM Shadow most places, it's usually me, so feel free to check. But anyway, until next time, everyone, keep on gaming. <laughs>